Hello and welcome to Historical, where we're doing history with a difference. We're talking history, but we're also talking words. We're talking about the way that words have shaped and changed the world in big ways, but also in small ones. And today we're talking about our old buddy, Abraham Lincoln. The 16th president of the United States is a pretty iconic figure in the popular imagination for many reasons. He was born in 1809 and Honest Abe is now remembered as the man who kept the union together through the American Civil War, fought for the emancipation of slaves, was very tragically assassinated. And we will talk about all of those achievements, most of them not inconsiderable, at great length in other episodes. Today we're talking about a slightly smaller impact, an almost insignificant piece of advice that fundamentally changed the way we literally see the 16th president of the United States. Now, if you Google Abraham Lincoln, you will find a list of achievements so long that even the most industrious person starts to feel that they may need to spend a little less time Netflix and chilling and a little bit more time reading, writing, being a lawyer, and if you believe the 2012 action movie, vampire hunting. The other thing that a Google search will conjure up for you, although most of us don't need it to, is a picture of Abe's most distinctive physical feature, right? That prominent beard. Now, curiously, this was not always the case. Abraham Lincoln hailed from really humble origins, a wooden cabin in Kentucky, where he helped his father to plant corn and pumpkins. And when a lawsuit challenged his father's right to even inhabit this very unassuming spot, the family had to uproot to southwestern Indiana, where Thomas Lincoln, Abe's father, hurriedly erected a pretty small wooden shelter, which had only three of the normal minimum number of walls that you and I would imagine to be the standard. This left the family exposed to wind and rain on one side for all the time that they had to wait until Thomas himself could build something more permanent. Many years later, the family had to undertake another move, this time to a new farm that his father had been able to acquire. And here Abe grew into a young man, learned to read, attended school fairly sporadically, which is intriguing for a man who later turned out to be incredibly well-educated and very intelligent, but he had a pretty erratic education as a child. Here he also decides on this small farm that farming is not really for him. It's not his strong point. He's not going to be a high school farmer. So he tries his hand at rail splitting, which is a pretty physically arduous task of cutting trees into logs, logs into rails, and then rails are then made eventually into fences. People would comment on his physical strength, physical ability, and the skill that he showed with wielding an axe. But it was never something that he saw himself settling into. It was never a life that he imagined or saw for himself. Now, the important part of this is to remember that this incredibly hard, intense life, physical laboring life, which was part and parcel of being in a farm on the, in the 1800s, led to many men kind of giving up to nature when it came to their own faces. And I mean, fair enough, if you ask me, if you spend 16 hours a day fighting back nature on your land, you might be rather less inclined to fight the never-ending battle of facial forestry in the mirror. 
Not so Abraham Lincoln, though. For most of his life, our very well-bearded hero was actually completely clean-shaven. Now, in another episode, which I'm very excited about, we're going to talk about the history of shaving, particularly the words used around the marketing of Gillette, the first mass-produced safety blade, but we'll come back to that. At this time, shaving is a pretty tricky challenge in the 1800s. But even after turning his hand to the law and whilst following the court by horseback or buggy as it traveled around to towns and places too small and rural to have judges and courthouses of their own, Abraham Lincoln meticulously applied razor to chin. And as I said, applying razor to chin in these days is not only difficult, it's slightly life-threatening. Most men are using a straight blade. Most of the time, a barber is required for a full safety effect. Uh, and doing it yourself can lead to some pretty severe nicks and cuts. There is a reason why it's a popular joke to say that people accidentally decapitated themselves whilst shaving. That doesn't come from nowhere. But Abraham Lincoln risks it all and shaves and maintains this steadfastly clean-shaven professional visage. And one wonders if that's just personal pride in his appearance or whether he is trying to look different, whether he thinks it sets him apart from, from other people around him at the time, other men. But as he becomes increasingly famous for his legal mind and political sensibilities, Lincoln's contemporaries pull absolutely no punches when it comes to his appearance. Whilst he was running for the presidency in 1860, the Houston Telegraph described him as the leanest, lankiest, most ungainly mass of legs, arms, and hatchet face ever strung upon a single frame. The Charleston Mercury has kind of the same idea, but they waste fewer words on it. They just call him a horrid-looking wretch. Now, these are pretty exceptionally arbitrary criticisms of one of the great political minds of the day, and they seem not to have cost Lincoln very much in the way of sleepless nights. He kept shaving and seems to have just thrown the papers out or ignored them or maybe had a good laugh. But the very, very sweet, innocent words of one Grace Bedell, herself only 11 years old, seem to have had far greater impact. Writing in her very own shaky hand in 1860, this very precocious little girl offers some heartfelt words of wisdom. Dear sir, she writes, my father is just home from the fair and brought home your picture and Mr. Hamlin's. I am a little girl, only 11 years old, but want you should be president of the United States very much. So I hope you won't think me very bold to write to such a great man as you are. Have you any little girls about as large as I am? If so, give them my love and tell her to write to me if you cannot answer this letter. I have got four brothers and part of them will vote for you anyway. And if you will let your whiskers grow, I will try and get the rest of them to vote for you too. You would look a great deal better for your face is so thin. All the ladies like whiskers and they would tease their husbands to vote for you and then you would be president. My father is going to vote for you. And if I was a man, I would vote for you too. But I will try and get everyone to vote for you that I can. I think that rail fence around your picture makes it look very pretty. I have got a little baby sister. She is nine weeks old and is just as cunning as can be. 
I must not write any more. Answer this letter right off. Goodbye, Grace Bedell. Now, unfortunately, whether this was the final push that Lincoln needed to actually give the whiskers a fair chance, we will never really know. History doesn't remember that. But what we do know is that shortly after winning the presidency and not long after this letter, he did instruct his barber to lay aside the razor and let the beard run its course. En route to his inauguration, Lincoln actually stopped off in Westfield during a whistle-stop tour to show Little Grace his newest feature. He stood up on the station platform and asked if Grace was perchance in the crowd gathered to see him. And she was, and her father brought her to see the great man. And years later, she told the story. He climbed down and sat with me on the edge of the station platform. Gracie, he said, look at my whiskers. I have been growing them for you. Then he kissed me. I never saw him again. Now, this experience presumably was chaotic and overwhelming for this tiny little advisor, little girl of 11. But I like to imagine that she would have really treasured the response that she got in the post several months previously. And whatever else we may remember about Abraham Lincoln, rail splitter, lawyer, politician, president, possible vampire hunter, little Grace Bedell no doubt clearly remembered that this great man took the trouble to pen a letter to her, asking for her advice. My dear little miss, your very agreeable letter of the 15th is received. I regret the necessity of saying I have no daughters. I have three sons, one 17, one 9 and one 7 years of age. They, with their mother, constitute my whole family. As to the whiskers, having never worn any, do you not think people would call it a piece of silly affection if I were to begin it now? Your very sincere well-wisher, A. Lincoln. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Historical. If you enjoyed yourself, please head over to your streaming platform of choice and hit that subscribe button, leave us a review and a rating, and join us again next week, same time, same place, every Tuesday.